Hey guys, welcome back to Engage. This is Josue Davi hosting with Kate Jones, and our guest today is a very special one, particularly even to us here as uh, we've had personal relationships with him back in the day. Mitch Bourbonaire has devoted much of his career and personal time mentoring, counseling, and supporting at-risk youth to help them develop self-esteem, confidence, empathy, and social skills. Emphasizing the value of good citizenship, volunteerism, and positive activism, he helps people make positive changes in their lives. He is a founding member of the original Bear Clan Patrol, and he spends his time volunteering with OPK Manitoba, as well as many other organizations within our community. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. And Caden, it's uh, great to be with you guys today. Very great to get in touch with you. It's been a long time. I actually told my mother we were doing this interview, and she has extended greetings and gratitude to you. She is the mama bear. So I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Just to kind of start off, would you want to go back to sort of your initiation into this kind of work, how you found yourself getting into these kind of community-driven fields? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to be brief, but I'm going to go way back, and I'm going to go back to... Uh, you know, where I was born and where I come from. So I was born in St. Boniface, and this would have been in the early 1960s. And I actually was born with uh, pretty severe learning disabilities and eventually some pretty significant behavioral issues. I had a really, really challenging early life in terms of, you know, just getting along and, you know, regulating my emotions and dealing with school and peers. And, you know, the first 12, 13, 14 years of my life were super difficult for a, a number of reasons, in, including some abuse issues that I had experienced. And so I was a pretty angry young guy, and I, I probably could have gone in any direction, you know, going into those teen years. But it was actually finding a place called Rossbrook House, which is still around. It's been around for about 45 years now. And I ended up there. And, you know, hearing other kids' stories really made me reflect upon my own story. And then, you know, eventually becoming a volunteer through Rossbrook House and helping others really helped me. And it was good medicine to become a helper. And that's kind of how I healed and am healing still today. And I just kind of found one volunteer opportunity after another over the years, uh, including, as you mentioned, Bear Clan, Mama Bear Clan, and OPK, Drag the Red, just all different kinds of community groups that I've been involved in. And it led me to working with youth and being a mentor and doing that kind of work. So it's been a glorious ride. You know, I'm uh, about 40 years into it at this point. I, I just turned 58, but I still feel I got a lot of gas in the tank and I'm, I'm just going to keep going. Definitely. Nice. Love to hear it. Yeah. So you mentioned coming from a place of a lot of personal experience. I think that that's really important for youth. And you mentioned as well, you know, with these organizations that you've become involved with along the way. I'm just curious exactly like which organizations you're currently working with and what your role is there. Sure. I spend Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with Mount Carmel Clinic in a program where we support previously unsheltered homeless folks in, and they get their own place. And then we help them because many of them do experience or have experienced trauma, mental illness and addiction. So they need lots of support early in maintaining their home. And so we help with that. And I do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm with the Downtown Community Safety Partnership. And it's much the same. We go out and make relationship with our unsheltered brothers and sisters 
on the street and make plans with them and be really, really supportive to them so that if and when they ask for that help, we're, we're there and ready to give it to them. Over and above that, I do something called action therapy, which supports kids that have come through the CFS system. And I do another program, OPK, with kids that are involved in the criminal justice system. Uh, we do a Main Street walk, clean up feed our relatives on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. I do Mama Bear Clan Wednesday evenings. We walk in the North End looking after folks. And then overall evenings, weekends, I'm, I'm supporting and mentoring the youth I work with. That's really amazing. That's really awesome. And coming from a place of knowing you as a, as a youth and now hearing about the broader aspect of what you're doing on the grand scheme, it's really great to reconnect in this kind of way. I was curious, after doing this work for so long, if you've noticed an impact that it's had on yourself and or any other members of the community that you have a relationship with? Well, I've never faltered. Like, I've just had a lot of energy. And, you know, like, like people often ask me, like, don't you burn out? Like, don't, you know, and, and, and there is a lot of stress because you, you see a lot of, you know, misery and there's a lot of really heartbreaking stories, but then there's also a lot of resiliency. There's a lot of folks that, you know, end up doing well. And, and that really makes up for, you know, for the, the, the hard stories is the stories of triumph and overcoming. So like, I've never, you know, I don't know what burnout is. Like I've never, you know, like I, I, from time to time, I do get tired or frustrated or, or whatnot, but mostly every day, I just love what I do. And I'm, I'm happy to leave the house and, and go to work, uh, which I do pretty much every day of my life. Nice. No, definitely, definitely hear that. I can hear uh, and see just in the community how it can just take a toll on us. But I think as someone myself who comes from some personal experience, I can relate to you uh, with just having a high energy and uh, having a high passion to be able to provide some of these experiences with youth. Winnipeg is such a community-driven city. I'm sure that obviously after your years of working in, in the city, you've had the pleasure of experiencing that. Tell me what that's like and perhaps why Winnipeg and this community is so important to you. What, what keeps you kind of coming back into the community of Winnipeg? Well, I don't know if I'm rare or not, but I actually love my city and I love my province and I love the people. And I think it's because we're... You know, we're we're a small city, uh, just big enough, just big enough for me, man. I could be anywhere in half an hour and I'm up and down Maine and I'm up and down St. Mary's Road, and, you know, into St. Boniface, St. Vital, North End, Elmwood, like, you know, all around in the inner city. And I just meet such great people and we're so diverse and, and we have a beautiful indigenous community in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. And I've, I've been just so blessed to be immersed in, in the indigenous culture and community. So that, that has been wonderful. You know, we have lots of new Canadians. Uh, you know, we're not we're not wealthy folks here in Winnipeg, and we're you know we kind of just are we're real. That's how I see it, and and we got to be resilient. Like you know, some of those winters are pretty pretty tough to go through, and I think just kind of being a, a small city, a big town in the middle of the prairies, kind of on an island, not too big and super diverse. It's perfect for me. Like I would never want to live anywhere else, nor nor could I at this point. Like I have my you know I just have all my networks, all my people established here, and I, I wouldn't I would flounder anywhere else. Definitely understand. It's been an interesting year for not only our, our own community, but obviously the entire globe has experienced this pandemic over the past couple of years now. And um, I was curious when that first sort of started to happen, our first lockdowns, what were you working on primarily at that time and how was that work affected? 
COVID hit in March of 2020. I was teaching university. I was doing action therapy. I was working my jobs. I was going up north. I had a gig up in Fox Lake twice a month. The Cree people up there are awesome. And basically within, you know, it all unraveled really, really quickly in mid-March. And by the end of March, I could not do any of the work I had been doing. Like everything stopped. I wasn't going up north. I wasn't teaching at the university. I wasn't doing action therapy. I wasn't working any of my jobs. And so for about 20 minutes, I was unemployed with no income and nothing to do with all this energy. And, you know, the phone started to ring and there was a whole bunch of new opportunities because of the pandemic in terms of making sure mental health, mental wellness checks were being done, making sure people had food, you know, that kind of thing. So I just kind of shape-shifted. That's when Mount Carmel picked me up. That's when the Downtown Community Safety Partnership got going. So it, it, it just kind of, I just kind of pivoted. Like personally, you know, I had to make a lot of different personal changes, obviously, because we all did with with the restrictions and the lockdowns and the pandemic. But I got to tell you guys, it's not, you know, 18 months, there's been three pandemics. There's been the virus, right? There's been the coronavirus, the COVID, but there's also been like climate change to me has been a pandemic and just the social and racial and the whole people part of things. You know, we watched George Floyd like die in front of us on TV, you know, so then we Black Lives Matter and Indigenous Lives Matter. And then, you know, the graves of the children, you know, were exposed, right? And residential school. And and I mean, there's just been like, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy 18 months. There's been a polarization of people's political views. You know, there's been conflict. We've got people demonstrating at hospitals. Like, you know, it's just become so angry and conflictual. And, you know, there's been a lot of sorrow and people have died from COVID, you know, and and, and all the residential school triggering, just all the racial stuff and the social stuff. Like it's been more than a medical pandemic. It's been a societal like revolution going on here. And, and you know, wildfires and fire evacuees. And, you know, it just seems our mother earth is not doing well. So it, it's been a crazy time. And that leads to a lot of mental health for people. So I've really shifted into, you know, checking on people, you know, the, the whole backlash against police, you know, defense fund the police like there's just been just so much going on on so many levels that you know your head just spins and I'm just trying to you know get up every day and make sure make sure people are protected and alive and fed you know so that's basically what I'm doing wow yeah and fully fully hear you there that's something me and Josh are passionate about too is you know bringing people together and as well getting people informative about the climate crisis going on and stuff like that so we definitely hear you I'm interested to hear because as you're speaking on it you know that you you're very passionate about these things what are some of your biggest goals and wishes for the community what are some of the steps and things that you would take to make things better well if I had a wish list you know I'm I'm hoping we you know, we can all be healthy and this virus can be contained and we can carry on. You know, if I had a wish list, I, I would wish it like all of this has brought the earth to our attention and climate change and we can, you know, work triply hard, quadruply hard on that. But I also, you know, think it, it's brought mental health and people's well-being to the consciousness of the people too. And and for us to all value that as well. Man, I'm a middle child. I, I just want everybody to get along, you know. <laughs> 
And I think kindness and love and, uh, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a hippie, but I, I don't see any other way for us to live on this earth other than to be kind to one another. So I, I hope that comes out of all of this. I'm not sure it will, but I can only do my little piece and hopefully others do theirs, right? Going to get that printed and hang it on my bedroom wall. Look at that every day that I, every day I wake up. I was curious to get your perspective on this. What is one thing that you think the everyday person can do to support our community and to help break down barriers for others within our community? Uh, hold the door open for someone, wait with an elderly person at the bus stop, carry someone's groceries, smile, be patient, just work hard at being a good person in every micro moment. You can get out and volunteer. There's all kinds of groups doing stuff. You can donate. You can donate socks. You can donate food. You can donate furniture. There's lots you can do from your own little corner. Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot that people will be able to take away from this episode. Is there any kind of work, obviously, like we were just sort of touching on the pandemic and everything when it does come to the restrictions of the COVID-19 pandemic limiting people's work and everything with restrictions gradually starting to ease up as it seems a little bit is there any type of work that you've not been doing that you haven't been able to that you're looking forward to getting back into I've mostly kind of quietly done all the work that I'm used to doing. I've just done it really safely. But I think just gathering, I, I just think, you know, we had a pop-up powwow at Vimy Ridge Park to honor residential school survivors yesterday, you know, and it's just like we had a hundred people just show up and gather for a really good cause and everybody did it in a real safe way. But I think just getting together, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, to be around, you know, groups of people again. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Are there any specific needs that some of your organizations might need right now that our viewers can take a listen to and maybe help out with? Yeah, I'm always looking for household goods, furniture, bottled water. Like folks can get a hold of me. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. You just Google my name. I got a website and people can find me. I got a phone number. I've had the same phone number since there's been cell phones. So <laughs> It's kind of like my, you know, everybody knows my number. So like if, if you think you have something to give away that might be helpful to someone, you can just give me a call. Okay. Sounds awesome. That's perfect. And your website is just mitchburbanair.com, right? That's right. www.mitchburbanair.com. Awesome. Um, and is there any other way that any of your organizations, um, OPK, or, you know, Bear Clan Patrol, any of them can be donated to any like social media links, any, anything like that? No, and it's, it's actually Mama Bear I'm with at, at this point. Like we were, we were all original Bear Clan guys, but a, a whole bunch of groups kind of emerged out of Bear Clan. So there's lots of different community groups. So at this point, I'm doing Mama Bear. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, people could just get a hold of me and, and I'll figure out whether if they do have a monetary donation, whether that's, you know, going to Drag the Red or OPK or Mama Bear, we'll figure it out, you know, on a case by case basis with people. Okay, sweet. And is there any kind of upcoming events um, that any of your organizations are doing that you'd like to promote, get the word out? 
know. I think I think some of these pop-up powwows we've been having, they're usually on Sunday afternoons. It's just a matter of folks getting on Instagram or Facebook. There's always stuff going on. Like today, just today, there was a, a walk for missing and murdered Indigenous men and boys. Like there's stuff going on in Winnipeg all the time. So like just, just get on the internet, just get on social media, whether it's, you know, like I really use Instagram and Facebook a little bit. So I haven't gotten onto TikTok and, and those others yet. But if you kind of immerse yourself electronically, there's there's something going on in Winnipeg every day, especially the weekends. So just come, just show up. Don't feel like you're going to be an outsider. Like, you know, I've seen Indigenous, non-Indigenous, men, women, trans, old, young, suburbs, inner city. Like just everybody can come together at any time for any of these uh, gatherings and causes. That's perfect. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, to all the viewers, please go and check out nichebourbonair.com. Check out social media, obviously, so you can get to know when these events are happening. I think the more people we have going down, the better. And and like he said best, it's everyone's allowed to come. And, you know, it's just a community-driven place. Uh, Mitch, one thing that we like to do before we end our episodes is we like to ask our guests uh, if they had a specific song preference to play on live radio after the episode is aired. Oh man, that's so awesome! But I, I, you, you caught me here. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm. I, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy song and a crazy band, and it's. I'm, I'm not talking about their politics or anything, but just the song itself gets me crazy and gets me going. I do a lot of walking. I walk with Mama Bear. I walk with OPK. I walk up and down Main Street like every day. You know. Uh, greeting my relatives. And uh, so let's play the song Walk by Pantera. Okay, awesome. If you yeah. can find it. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, Mitch, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, maybe just play a few seconds of it. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hardcore. <laughs> All right, we'll pass that along. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, you, you, it's been wonderful speaking with you guys today. You sound like you really, really get it. And that makes me really, as an old guy, that makes me feel good that the young people are getting it. So thank you. Thank you, Mitch. You've set me and many, many members of the community as youth off on great paths. And I think a lot of what my principles and values are today can be traced back to spending time with you at those times in, in school and all that. So thank you. Yeah. My mom is very grateful for you as well. It's been okay. amazing having you in this community for so long, doing so much. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and, and speak to us. This has been amazing. Thank you for what you guys are doing. And I, I hope to see you on campus real soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Have a good afternoon, Mitch. You too, guys. Take care, buddies. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. This has been Kate Jones and Josue DeVee with Mitch Bourbonaire on UMFM 101.5. You can catch us again next week and make sure you tune into our episode from last week, right after this episode. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Peace.